Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston, except for microphones. What the heck This guy knows happened? everything. What was that? But microphones. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to monitor your levels while I'm you're talking. I'm telling you, you can't hear me. It's cr- when you do get loud, it really does cut you down quite a bit. I'll I tell just, you what, man. It's like an, there's an elephant on top of my voice. Yeah. Yeah. How a, about that? A digital one. Yeah. I don't know what it is. We'll figure it out. If there are any. I think you used to get so angry about me getting so loud on the microphone that you put something in there. No. A long time ago because I wouldn't back away like a normal person. I have no secret and sauce added to yours at all. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, this is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. So if you are so inclined, please smash that subscribe or follow button. Hit like, ring the bell, do all that stuff. And Uh, if you're not, then leave. Yeah, if you don't like it, then you're not even here anymore. So that's fine. Who cares about our audio problems? I am still under concussion protocol. That's probably what's happening with my voice. Yeah. It's not really the microphone. Your brain has a limiter on the volume the, of your yeah, voice right that's now. That's right. Okay. So as I get louder, it yeah, the swelling goes up. It's science. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which then sends a signal to swell the vocal cords and tampers oh. down. Okay. It's a very quick reaction. Makes total yeah. sense. So it's uh it's Fed Day, by the way. We got the new rate hike announcement and Jerome Powell, the Reverend Jerome Powell came out there and told us that we're not in a recession, at least by his book. Uh, yeah. We're not in one. He also said that he has not seen the numbers for tomorrow, which, okay, just imagine this. The guy who runs the Federal Reserve, trillions and trillions of dollars, they can do whatever they want. He's got to wait for the news release tomorrow, just like me, <laughs> to see what the GDP numbers are for Q2. Yeah. He doesn't know the numbers, mm. but they they went ahead and raised the rates today, which they should. They should have done more, but he hasn't seen them. They're raising the rates. No clue what the GDP number is tomorrow. Yeah. In That's, fact, he doesn't even know what numbers are until tomorrow. Not one bit. Yeah. He's learning his numbers right now is what's happening. So, yeah, if that... Well, um, just like, you know, Greenspan said in 2008, or Bernanke, it was Greenspan, then Bernanke, uh, you, you know, there wasn't any bubble. The there, economy was strong. It was strong. There was nothing to worry about. Uh, just like Powell we could said be, not long ago, inflation is transitory. Yeah, exactly. That's a white <laughs> pill. There's our white pill. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another white pill is this beautiful shirt. Plus the White House is saying, you know, the economy is strong. You see this shirt right behind me back here? You didn't wear it. It says, God hates feds. Well, the way that I'm sitting, you would only see the word God, you know, because of my laptop. And and you didn't want to look like a super Christian. Well, I just didn't want to sell a shirt that just says God in big yellow (laughs) letters on it. It, in fact, says God hates feds. So you can go to GodHatesFeds.com. That's what the shirt, they they do exist. It's right back here. Hanging off of the shelf. And you can so, watch Nate's sermons Yep, <laughs> on the same website. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, it's White Pill Wednesday. This is the day of the week sometimes where we talk about mostly good things or wins that have occurred or we make fun of someone for failing at their leftist liberal job or <laughs> whatever it is that they're doing. I know you mentioned this uh, last week, but I did want to give another shout out to Eric July mm-hmm. and Ripaverse which I believe is past the $3.2 million mark. That's pretty and, crazy. Yeah, and uh, comic books that are, are bought. So these are Liberty, Liberty-loving comics. I, I'm and, a fan. And so it's a whole new universe, not Marvel or DC, okay? It's a, it's a competitor called Ripaverse, which I like. I happen to be a fan of. And it's interesting how well he's doing. The woke left is coming after him pretty hard, and <laughs> obviously, because... He made a black, you know, lead character, and but that wasn't good enough. This guy likes liberty. That makes him a de facto domestic terrorist. Well, what's funny is they're not even. I was reading about it earlier because I was, uh, I was looking at talking about it today. They're not even. It's not like anti. Well, they're not going against the woke agenda that everyone's pushing. It's just not woke. Right. It's just pro liberty. Like <laughs> good old classic comics. Yeah. Except for with a black superhero. Yeah. Which is not classic comics but that's the only thing and it's very strange it's and uh yeah i did see paypal is withholding about 1.2 million dollars which is under investigation um so okay sweet yeah for no reason 
they can't give them a reason, which is typical. So, well, we're going to run through just like another, 19, uh, just there are other mediums mm-hmm. that you could use for payments. Uh, it seems that PayPal is uh, definitely part of this extreme woke. The woke. Yeah, for sure. Um, Charlie's going to tell us the first story here, which comes from the Daily Wire. Thanks, Ben, on White Pill Wednesday. We'll see if we take this as a white pill. I think I saw some white pills in here, uh, but this is, um, you know, I think is uh, pretty good news. We had not talked about it yet, even though it came out a few days ago. Uh, we got to save it for the white pill. So we'll see what happens. All right. Federal judge blocks Biden admins guidance allowing biological males in girls' school bathrooms. So uh, U.S. District Judge Charles Atchley in Eastern District of Tennessee ruled last week that the administration's guidance misquoted the Supreme Court to equate sex and gender identity, likely violating federal law. The administration's guidance effectively forced states to allow biological males to use girls' restrooms, forbade states from barring males from participating in female sports, and forced employers to use employees' preferred pronouns, all at a risk of losing federal funding, according to the state's attorneys general who sued the administration. The guidance was released last year by the Education Department and the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. So what what you're saying is... (laughs) That boys and girls are different. Oh, we we're gonna have to edit that out. That's too far. I'll put the explicit tag on. Put the I, explicit tag. I on heard. Here. I heard. A, yeah. I heard a story of someone who was um, who had experience working in preschools, and she said one time she had this little girl that needed to use the bathroom, and she was like, "Oh yeah, go ahead use the bathroom." And then the little boy is like, "I need to use the bathroom." She's like, "Okay, well you need to use this bathroom," and then. She basically she got busy with something. She turns, she hears something. She goes to the bathroom, and the little boy is peeing in the toilet in between the little girl's legs. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I was like, that right Whoa. there is is uh, that is acceptance, <laughs> <laughs> tolerance, and acceptance starting young. That's yeah, great. The, okay, it wasn't done on purpose. Yeah. Obviously, well, but, I mean, you know, at that point. They don't have any clue what's going on, so, you know, that's probably pretty weird for the teacher to see, though. Quote, as it currently stands, plaintiffs must choose between the threat of legal consequences, enforcement action, civil penalties, and withholding of federal funding, or altering their state laws to ensure compliance with the guidance and avoid such adverse action. Here's the other thing. This is bribery in plain sight. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, if you don't do what we tell you to, man, we ain't going to pay you. Yeah. All right? Uh, the the thing you said in the last paragraph, by the way, it wasn't just the bathrooms thing that I thought was uh, was good over this. Um, it's so the states are making their own laws on this, and essentially the administration came out and said you can't make your own laws on this. We're going to set this and we're going to use uh, Title Nine and this this new interpretation of it. You know, so it's the restrooms thing. It's also forcing employers to use their employees' preferred pronouns. Uh, what I the the relationship that should exist right there is if you're an employee and your employer uses a pronoun that you don't like, uh, number one, shut the hell up. Number two, go work somewhere else. There's yeah. a lot of jobs open out there. All right. So there's no reason that the administration needs to be cramming this down on the states and saying that they, they can't allow for this to happen. Well, then you're just you're what you're doing there, Nate, is supporting violence. <laughs> It's literal violence. Yeah. The Biden administration inappropriately invoked the Supreme Court's 2020 ruling in Bostock versus Clayton County, a case that dealt with transgender employment. In the Bostock majority opinion, Gorsuch included a caveat about the scope of the court's decision. Quote, they say sex segregated bathrooms, locker rooms and dress codes will prove unsustainable after our decision today. But none of these other laws are before us. We have not had the benefit of a adverse um, adversarial testing about the meaning of their terms and we do not prejudge any such question today actually wrote that implying bostock to title nine the department overlooked the caveats expressly recognized by the supreme court and created new law the judge cited tennessee's laws which organized school sports teams by the student's sex at the time of the student's birth and allow students and employees to sue a school that deliberately allows people of the opposite sex to use a single sex bathroom well, at the time of their birth, you don't know what sex they are. I mean, that you got to wait until you're at least like uh, like 18 months old to figure that out before they decide. Before they decide that, That's, yeah. 
The human rights campaign bashed the ruling, calling it, quote, another example of far-right judges legislating from the bench. Because, you know, they're really against that sort of thing. Yeah, the legislating from the bench part, this is an interesting thing that's, man, my throat is messed up today. Legislating from the bench part, that's an interesting thing that's happened a lot this year. Uh, Here's the legislation. Um, The states want to have their own legislation on something. And then the government comes over the top of them, the federal, and says you can't have your own rules on something that you voted on. And then the Supreme Court or a higher up court says, actually, you got to let the states go by whatever their laws are. And the court that said you have to let the state go by whatever their laws are, they are legislating from the bench. Mm. Did you guys follow all of that? Yeah. That's what that's what's happening. That's right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but it wasn't like it wasn't the administration legislating from the desk or whatever or with their pen. That wasn't legislating. Okay. Can't be. No. Also, look, I let's remove everything from the equation and just look at the simple arithmetic. <laughs> okay? Of which one you think is more dangerous? Do you think there are more women or girls that are assaulted by men? than violence that happens against transgender folks because they can't use a certain bathroom. Um, Which do you think happens more often? I don't know. I'd have to have the data on that. I can't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) It's obvious that girls and women are assaulted by men. So by what what I'm saying is by allowing these environments to take place, um, and again, I don't really care what bathroom you use, but I get the argument from the other side, which is like allowing these types of environments you're opening the door to increased violence against this thing called woman that we care so much about. Yeah, my thing, so the violence thing, like that's one, that's a part of it. I don't think that this really changes that. Like if you're going to go into a bathroom and assault someone, at that point, I don't know if you really care whether or not you were allowed to walk through the door. It's like putting a no guns allowed sign on the front of the door. Of course you do. What? So you're you, going to go wait. you're going to go assault someone and but now what's going to stop you is that you're not allowed to go into that bathroom. It definitely raises suspicion if you're not <laughs> allowed to go in there. It raises suspicion. Yeah. Like the guy it's, like so the guy doesn't have to look around and make sure nobody's there before he goes in for the assault. I got you. Whereas gotcha. like he could go in and wait, you know. Now look, I I was at um I was at a show last year sometime and uh there it was a I can't remember the girl's name. It was a female comedian. I was there with my wife. Probably a really good one, I bet. And it was mostly females. There were a few men that went, a few strong men. A lot of whipped guys there with you. And so we went to the bathroom. There was this massive line for the women's bathroom and then basically no line for the men's until the women were like, well, we'll just use the men's too. And Mm. so I have used restrooms. I have used whatever the unit, I guess, without a gender on them. And everything was fine. Mm-hmm. Like, but at the same time, I, what I'm saying is I understand the other argument mm-hmm. is that if you make if you make the environment easier, then then more of those things can happen and have happened. Yeah, it's not it's not like this hasn't happened. There have been actual documented cases of this happening. So the 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 uh, the things that I really like in this are, yeah, the that violence part. I like the idea that it's uh, allows for actual common sense, like science and biology for the rules. And if you're going to have those kind of rules for kids, I think it's important for them to see that there are different sexes because that might be the first time they ever found that out. Not being able to go into another bathroom. Um, and the decentralization. And the decentralization, of course. Uh, and then also the sports, the sports scene part that we hadn't talked about much. Mm-hmm. They've saying that you couldn't bar different sexes from playing on the certain teams. I mean, you should be able to make those rules. I, I don't think that that should be violating any kind of federal law. We'll see when this goes to the Supreme Court. We'll see what they end up saying about you it. You think it'll make it there? Uh, we'll see. All right. All right. Next thing on the white, white pill. Let's just make fun of Samantha B real quick. You know, we had this conversation earlier about how there's not any fe- funny female comedians. Charlie swears that there are, although he has yet to show any proof of the matter. Um, but anyway, Samantha B, I'm sure just this amazing show called Full Frontal has been canceled in the latest late night cutback. So 
Get Woke, Go Broke. Now, I, I accidentally listened to Chelsea Handler for a little bit when she was guest hosting for Jimmy Kimmel, I, I guess is what happened. And uh, God, just railing about all these crazy, unhinged leftist issues for 10 minutes. I don't know how anyone listens to this. And it turns out they don't. Uh, mm. They don't They don't listen to it, and so that's why we keep seeing stuff uh, get canceled. She had said earlier in an interview in 2016 that they do the show to please themselves. It gives them an opportunity to say the things they want in the exact way we want to say them. In the process, her views get a few laughs, but also can exercise their frustrations with modern politics and culture. She's just going to have to go back to uh, YouTube or whatever it is else that she does. And so, you know, hopefully nothing. The market speaks, and no matter how woke the companies are, Warner Brothers, I don't know how woke they are, Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, turns out you just got to make a business decision, which is what they said they had to do, and no one wants to listen to this garbage all the time, and I hope we keep seeing this trend. This has been a really strong trend this year. We've talked about this kind of thing a lot of times. People are getting sick of all this. And eventually the market wins out. Mm Mm-hmm. Just, just going to. They're, they're not just going to subsidize all these crazy leftist programs. Yeah, when, when the advertisers are like, well, how many viewers do we get this time? And they're like, well, less than last time. They're like, well, it costs more? Yeah. But we have less viewers. Okay, well, we're going to stop buying advertising. And then they're like, oh, well, maybe this show isn't such a good idea. And you'll see that happen more and more. It's going to be a snowball effect. and it's Snowballs? As, yeah. As Nate said, it's going to... the. The bees will follow the honey. <laughs> As know? they say. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right, Charlie, take us into this, the next, uh, this heartwarming. Warming. I just said heartwarming. Like my Dane. The heartwarming story from the blaze right here. We got a little video of the play with it as well. But hey, it's just a good story. And it's Wednesday and we want to try and this, keep ourselves off the ledge. This guy has heartworms too? No, it's a heartwarming story. It makes it even better. My heart is warmed. Okay. Is is a worm? War- Go ahead with the story. Oh, heart warming? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not cold? Yeah. All right, this is from Glenn, the Blaze. A Florida high school basketball star who has only one arm has just accepted two major deals. One arm, folks. Hansel Emmanuel, the 6'4", 175-pound guard, originally from the Dominican Republic, has not only signed up to play basketball at a Division I school, but he has signed a name, image, and likeness deal with Gatorade valued at approximately $1.2 million. Though, Emmanuel, what are you laughing about? The name, image, and likeness? All right. Though Emmanuel is now making a name for himself. (laughs) What? It's it's Emmanuel. Emmanuel. No, no, you're good. I, it's actually something that I'm not going to say, say on the podcast. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, he's making a name for himself in college basketball circles and with corporate sponsors. There was a time when most predicted he'd never have a future in sports. When he was just six years old, his left arm had, had to be amputated above the elbow. Through the guidance of his father, who played professional basketball in the Dominican Republic, Emmanuel soon got back into the game he loved. He then moved to Florida in 2020 and soon became a star player at Life Christian Academy in Kissimmee, Florida, where he averaged a double-double. Is that good? That's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know what double-double means. So. You, don't, you don't know what double-double is? I haven't watched basketball it's since Michael Jordan retired. double-digit stats in two categories. Second time Michael Jordan retired. That's when I stopped watching basketball. Do you, how many triple-doubles did Michael Jordan have? I have no clue. A lot. I can tell you how many championships he have, and let me pay attention to that. It's double-digit stats in multiple categories. Okay. In two categories. Well, that sounds, that sounds good. So then. at least 10 points and at least like 10 rebounds or 10 steals or 10 blocks or 10 assists. Cool. I think those are the stats you can have in basketball. Um, or he had 10 rebounds and 10 assists. Like, that's a double-double yeah. too. But usually it's points and something else. He has now accepted an offer to play for Northwestern State University in Natchitoches, Louisiana, though the terms of the offer are not clear. Emmanuel has received offers from University of Memphis, Tennessee State, and Bethune-Cookman. Emmanuel's story has garnered national attention in the last couple of years. He is even nominated for an EPSI, for the best one-armed man dunk. S- Espy. 
yeah. for, for best play. Let's watch this play real quick. This Watch the guy play. I mean, listen. Well, I he thought it would be woman of the year. <laughs> lost his arm when he was a kid, decided to go for basketball anyway. Now, you would think when you lose an arm, just like basketball is not high up on the list anymore for me after that. I feel like football would be easier, like if like, you're yeah. you know, on defense or something. I guess, yeah, but uh, but hey, he just kept going with it, which is I don't, it's just pretty cool what people can do when they set their minds to something. So that's why I thought we should actually talk about this today. Let's play the video of this dunk. That's pretty good. And then hands the ball back to the ref. Yeah. What a stand-up guy. <laughs> that is good. Yeah. Okay. Next line. He was nominated for an SB for best play. That was pretty good. One arm, like windmill dunk. You know, pretty cool stuff. But <laughs> I see what you yeah. did here now. <laughs> but he ultimately lost this SB award. To the great women's soccer star, Megan Rapinoe. <laughs> Rapinoe. God. Who votes for these things? He just wasn't woke enough. It's, you know? It wasn't good enough. No. Yeah. It's better to have both your arms and both your legs and play women's soccer. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> complain about it the whole time. Despite the national spotlight, Emmanuel expressed his hope that people would not see me as a special kid who has a disability that they only see me as a great player who will go as far as many, that I am a good player. It's not about what I want to achieve or do in life. It's what God wants from me, he said. Look at the difference in the two people <laughs> who were nominated for this award. The gratitude. Yes. You know, and the humility. Yes. The, the work ethic. One of those. The, now, I'm not going say that Megan Rapino doesn't have a lot of work ethic. You know, she's good, clearly. You know, her hair is kind of cool, I guess. She complains a little bit too much, you know, but women, what are you going to do? <laughs> and a, this guy over here from the DR, one-armed man, playing basketball, getting double-doubles like it's nothing. You know? Do you think he could take Rapinoe in soccer? No. You don't think yeah. so? I couldn't run all the way down a soccer field. No, do you, do you think he could take oh, Rapinoe? Oh, him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> of course it could. That's a, yeah. That's what the award should have been. He's from it should have been Dominican a, Republic. Should have been a one on one. He's a basketball player. It should have been a one on one match <laughs> between him and Megan to see who should win the award. Oh, okay, that's let's, so ridiculous. Let's breeze by a couple more. I will more. say, I will say though, to your point, that this is a this is a really inspiring story. Mm -hmm. That despite your circumstances, let me tell you, I went to Dominican Republic. It's pretty bore down there. Yeah. It's like, and he lived most of his life down there, by the way. He only moved to the United States two years ago, year and a half ago. Okay. So, like, despite what the market is and despite how terrible your government is, like, the cool thing, the reason why we talk about this whole pursuit of meaning thing, like, this is why. It's because, like, whatever, whether it's basketball or being a preacher or whatever, um, auto mechanic, it doesn't matter. Like, what you, what you put into something is what you're going to get out of it, regardless of your circumstances. And this guy was obviously dealt less arms. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was dealt a bad hand. He's, that he was, was perfect. That was such a perfect time. He was dealt a worse hand than the rest of us. And by worse hand, I mean no hand. And uh, and you know what? He still went all in on it. And I think that that's cool. So there you go. All right. The, uh, the next story now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I do a lot of things to take care of my mind. For a while there, it wasn't something that I ever thought about. I thought I could just go through life and not ever think about my mental health, whether or not I was too stressed out, whether or not I was burnt out, whether or not there were things that I could actually solve. But if you think about it, you're only going to get this one mind, this one brain, and you should really take good care of it in the same way that you would take care of your car if you were going to have to use it for the rest of your life. Don't waste any of your time being upset, angry, depressed, anxious, burnout, stressed out when there could be something you could do to actually fix it. There's a lot of things you can do, by the way. 
You can take some naps if you want to. You can take some time off, take a vacation. But there's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. So therapy is something I've done. Charlie uses BetterHelp still. He's been using it for over a year now. So if there's something that you need to talk to someone about, you could use BetterHelp. Now, BetterHelp is an online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on the camera if you don't want to. It's a lot more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours, and our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com gml. That's betterhelp.com slash gml. I want to tell you guys about a sponsor for the show, which is the Expat Money Show from our good friend, Mikkel Thorup. Listen, becoming an expat, that is a difficult decision. But for those of you that are in any way on the fence about this, you're curious about it, you wonder about the logistics of it, hands down, Expat Money Show is the best place to go to hear all of the advice, all of the strategy on how to do this. You're going to learn all about precious metals, uh, how to store your money best way possible. You're going to learn about cool things like how to legally avoid paying taxes, getting passports so you can travel all around the world, how to actually protect the assets that you have from some of these tyrannical governments. And by the way, there is an expat online money summit, the expat money summit that is coming up in November. And yes, it is going to have the one and only Ron Paul speaking. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but I tell you what, Mikkel, he knows exactly what to do because he has been living this life. He's not just a guy that's out there talking about this thing that you can do. He's literally living it on a daily basis. He knows everything there is to know about becoming an expat. So go to the expat money show, listen to that podcast and also go sign up for the free expat money summit coming up in November. Once again, go to the expat money show on all of your podcast apps and go to the link in the show notes. So you can sign up for the free online expat money summit. Now back on the climate change here for a minute, you got a little bit of climate change stuff. All right. So the UK they're, they're starting to go nuclear. In hmm. a good way, with nuclear power. Now, they've been real against all that around there. Not like know? in a fight with Putin. No, they're not like going nuclear like in the bad way that you would think. They're mm. going nuclear as far as the power goes, at least with this new plant that they have coming up. Some of the objections to it are, are pretty funny. But hey, just look at what this one plant that they're building can do, and they're working on several others. A decision to grant government planning approval for a new nuclear reactor in Suffolk has been given despite ongoing objections from anti-nuclear and environmental groups. French energy company EDF wants to build a two-reactor nuclear power station, which it says will generate 3.2 gigawatts of electricity, enough to provide 7% of the UK's needs. Just this one plant going to provide 7% of the UK's needs. It claims the plant could power the equivalent of about 6 million homes and will generate electricity for 60 years from this one plant right here. I'm just saying nuclear is maybe not all that bad of an option mm. for people. With no carbon emissions. Like no carbon emissions. Basically none. A little pricey in the startup, but that's just because we haven't allowed for all the innovation. Um, but anyway, it is a little pricey when they start up. But hey, 60 years worth of energy from this thing that has no emissions, it kind of seems like something we should pay attention to. Mm. Just a little bit, if we're all worried about this climate change thing. when we're, Maybe that's because the people that are so worked up about the climate change thing don't actually take the problem seriously. Because if they, re if they truly believed every single thing that they said and they wanted to solve it, I don't think they would be so anti-nuclear all the time. They'd probably be working on trying to make it better and safer. Yeah, well, maybe doing that. But in this case, some people are really upset about it. But when the work goes ahead, it's expected to take nine years to build. Nine years. Now, imagine if they would allow this to have been built starting nine years ago. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been great for the world economy or for them, at least? Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. It's a key part of the new UK energy strategy, according to the government, as part of its plans to build eight new nuclear power plants. While some Suffolk businesses group, business groups welcome the jobs and skills that would be brought to the local economy, there is significant opposition to the plant, both at a local level and more widely. Allison Downs of the Stop Sizewell C campaign group, Sizewell C is the reactor name, says it is the wrong project, wrong place. They say Sizewell 
is the most environmentally sensitive of possible possible nuclear sites and potentially will impact the Marsh Harriers. I know you grew up a fan of the Marsh Harriers, uh, Charlie, so you know exactly what that is. Mm. Now, what is it that they're going to impact? They're going to impact this bird right here, um, potentially. Now, imagine... Imagine being so worried about the environment and about climate change and about the fact that we're all going to die and also wanting to still have energy to do all the stuff that you're doing, but also being so worried about the potential impact of one habitat of this bird called the Marsh Harrier uh, that you just say, ah, screw it. We just won't have any lights, you know, or heat or air, anything like that. I mean, it's a pretty cool-looking bird. It's a cool-looking bird. It's no eagle, but it's a pretty cool-looking bird. I feel like that could give the eagle a run for its That money. could not give an eagle run. <sighs> the, the, the thing looks like an owl. It doesn't look it, like it an owl. It looks like an owl. It looks like an eagle and a falcon. That is a fat eagle. Had a baby. We should take that eagle and give our eagle to the more physically fit countries. This <laughs> fat eagle over here. <laughs> it, anyway. of, it does look like an owl falcon. Like an, an owl, yeah, okay. exactly, yeah. Or is it a fowl? It's an alkin nine. That's what All it right. is. Anyway, so they're going to try and not kill these birds uh, while they're doing it. Uh, the anti-nuclear power campaigners also argue that it will be too slow and expensive to build to urgently and efficiently meet the decarbonization targets. So what? <laughs> what else what, are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? I love people who answer problems with no solutions. Yeah. No, we just can't do it. Yeah. This, this is going to take too long. It's, we need stuff now. Well, what do we need? Well, I don't know. And the, they, you know what they, they would hold it up for nine years, and nine years from now, they'll be talking about how this thing is going to take too long, and it's not going to meet the needs that we have today. And that's yeah. the kind of situation that we're in. A number of hurdles stood in the way of the project's completion, still stood, according to the group, including public consultation and two environmental permits for the power station which was started on Monday by the Environment Agency. Following the decision to approve the site by the central government, the group promised to continue challenging the project. More, right. more red tape. More red tape? That's more what we need. red herrings. Even though, this is, even though this isn't going to work because it doesn't urgently and efficiently meet the targets, we need to try and hold it up as long as possible. Mm. It's a great mm. plan. Great plan. White pill Wednesday, Charlie. That's right. The white pill of this is that... They're trying stuff. Don't call it a comeback, baby. Okay. Well, they're trying nuclear. Germany just uh, just announced that they they had this reactor. There's just they just scheduled to shut it off. Still working. They're just arbitrarily. Well, we put it in writing that we're gonna hit the off switch on this date, even though we don't have any way to get power. It says right here on this piece of paper, we gotta turn this this here thing off. Well, the people running the plant were like, this sucker still got a good twenty years on it. It's got a Honda in this thing right here. This thing, this puppy can go forever, you know? And so they decided they're going to leave it on. Mm. That's good. Against the paper. Yeah. Now if one of them melts down, we'll remove this episode from the yeah. podcast, you know? <laughs> okay, so um, what I want to do here, Charlie, we're just going to do a couple fast white pills. Fast one. These are... Okay, rapid fire. Point. Rapid fire. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Rapid fire white pills. Okay, here we go. Okay. All right. Supercharged biotech rice yields 40% more grain by giving the Chinese rice variety a second copy of one of its own genes. Researchers have boosted its yield by up to 40%. The change helps the plant absorb more fertilizer, boost photosynthesis, and accelerates flowering, all of which could contribute to larger harvests. The group reports today in Science. Now, this is boring as hell, but there are a couple big things in there. One, the yield going up by 40%. That's a pretty big that's, deal. That's a pretty big yield gain. Yeah. I was talking to my dad last night because he's a farmer, and I was like, hey, you know this crazy thing they did in Sri Lanka where they told them they couldn't use fertilizer anymore? I was like, what would happen here if they did that? And he was like, well, we would go back to the yields we had before we had fertilizer. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much the way, you know, kind of yeah. answer stuff, you know. And so those yields aren't good. The second part of this is that... Thanks, it, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask me dumb questions, son. Uh, no, the uh, change helps plants absorb more fertilizer, which could potentially mean you'd use less fertilizer. 
on the plant. And with fertilizer prices going crazy, that could actually help with prices. In addition to the fact that the yield will go up by 40%, that could help also. Now, could it make you grow a third arm? I don't know. I'm not really into that. Maybe the basketball player is, but um, <laughs> that, I don't know. We'll, we'll wait and see how that goes. Jeff said, and, and I'm going to switch it up a little bit from what he actually said, though, but it sounds... <laughs> You're going to switch up what Jeff said. Yeah, it's, it sounds like grain of function research. <laughs> Doesn't it? This Sound is a little grain bit of function research. Grain of function? Yeah. Okay. This is a really dad joke, <laughs> pun heavy day right here. I like it. The yield gain from a single gene, um, not Epstein. Mm-mm. All right. Coordinating these multiple effects is really impressive, says Matthew Paul, two first names, a plant <laughs> geneticist at Roth Rothamsted Research. It's kind of a cool name. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that before. The approach could be tried in other crops, too. He adds a new study reports preliminary findings in wheat. That would be good. Mm-hmm. That's why it's on White Pill Wednesday. Then we more sanctions for Russia. You know, a lot of people are all... We can put Putin in his place. They're against these genetically modified crops and stuff, and I'm not. Okay. Now, maybe you're, they're, you're maybe, biased. Yeah, I am biased. Okay. All right. That's where my fortune comes from, of course. Monsanto, you know, obviously. Basically, that's where it comes from. But anyway, that, listen, we've talked about this before, but maybe they're not as good as like organic crops that are great for you. But maybe that's why there's uh, several billion people that aren't dead, you know, that didn't, weren't ever. And maybe that's why we're not all starving and fighting each other for food right now. And so we have to take that into consideration as well. And if this is not quite as good for you, let's say that uh, the life expectancy for you is going to be like 80. Let's say this not as good for you decreases your life expectancy to 70. But you were able to make it to 70 instead of starving to death or getting murdered for a grain of rice. Mm. You know? You got to weigh the pros and cons. You got to do the comparative thing. analysis. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right, another rapid fire right here, Charlie. Go through another rapid fire from the revolutionary Revo- revolutionary brain computer interface offers to hope uh, hope to paralyzed patients. What about patients without an arm? I don't know. I guess it could okay. help. The first permanent uh, endovascular. Yes. No, I was. Just... The people with, with an arm still, I mean, they're like the oppressors of the paralyzed patients, though, oh, that's, you know, yeah. on the totem pole of uh, oppression. But this is a white pill, Nate. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So this is good. This isn't Neuralink, by the way. It's another company working on hmm. this whole thing. The first permanent endovascular brain-computer interface was implanted in a patient in the U.S. The technology is intended to give severely paralyzed people the ability to control a computer using only their thoughts. Wow. Brain-computer interface developer Synchron has developed a novel approach to produce that uh, that to the procedure, I'm sorry, that has started an FDA-approved early feasible study. That's, yeah. pretty, that's pretty cool. I, hey, that's a good thing that's going on. So, <clears throat> I, you know, all, the, all of the innovations that we have, we always have to keep in mind that there's always new stuff being created. And we got no clue what life is going to look like when we're like our parents' age or our grandparents' age. I mean, it, it could truly be amazing, or it could like look like this. We're on like the the iPhone 57, which the back of it is entirely camera lenses. That's that's all it is. You know, I just saw keep adding one. I saw a crazy video today, absolutely insane, and it this sounds like the end of the world. But <laughs> in Saudi Arabia, they're talking about spending a trillion dollars on this new um, city, basically called the Line. It's like a linear city. And literally, there's like 9 million people live in like this 200-kilometer-long line that's, I think it's 200 meters wide or something like that. Anyway, but basically, like, everyone in the community would be like five-minute walking distance from, like, everything that they would need. Shopping, businesses, school, work, Hmm. all that stuff. And I found it to be pretty crazy. So it's like inventing a whole new community like that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I like it. Nine million people fitting in there. That's too many. Yeah. And basically, since there would be no cars or anything like that, so there's like no pollution. And then everything's interconnected. You can get from one end to the other uh, in like 20 minutes. Hmm. Yeah, pretty crazy. Well, we'll see if it works out for them. Are they going to let women drive? 
in the area. Well, you don't need any cars. You don't have to That's drive. That's solving that whole problem. That solves a big problem. Look at that. Double teaming all these yeah. problems. You have no ladies cutting in front of you on the interstate sideways, mm-hmm. which would be nice. All right, <laughs> on to something that's uh, not so much a white pill, but I did want to make sure that we covered this great article from Brad Palumbo over at BasedPolitics.com, Based-Politics.com. And, of course, there's a great podcast there, too. Well, I just wanted to point this out, and so that Brad, that's why he wrote the article that I'm reading right now. It says, one simple graph shows why Biden's climate emergency would be worse than useless. And we talk an awful lot about climate change. And we have said, you know, on White Pill Wednesday, we feature a lot of climate-related innovations that are solving problems. Then when people act like there aren't any solutions to any of the problems, other than just like banning everything and taking all your money and putting it in solar panels or, you know, windmills or whatever, there's a lot of other things. And so the climate change thing is going to be really important. It's going to continue to be very important. We're already talking about climate emergency here in the U.S. You know, we, we probably said this like a year ago, but what they're going to do with climate change, it's going, to make, it's going to make us wish we could go back to 2020 COVID lockdowns. I hate to say that on White Pill Wednesday, mm. but I forewarned you, this ain't, this ain't uh, exactly good news in this one. I promise you, you can mark my words. July 27th, 2022 at 2.55 p.m., I said we're going to wish we could go back to the COVID lockdown, crazy days, anti-vaxxer, all that stuff with what they're going to do with climate change. Okay. But the American version or the the, Australian version? The American version. Okay. Yeah. Not, not for, not all the crazy stuff, but what we had to go through, which in Tennessee was basically nothing. (laughs) But um, this chart right here, now these are, uh, this is telling you coal production, and this is going to be closely linked to emissions also. And it basically doesn't matter what we do with our climate stuff. As long as China and India keep doing what they're doing right now, it literally doesn't matter what we do. And he goes into a lot of detail on that in the article. But he says the White House is planning on issuing several executive orders, taking unilateral action that supposedly halt climate change. And the president is even reportedly considering declaring a climate emergency to unlock more emergency powers Biden could use used to impose climate policies without actually going through legislation. So I I do think that we will get to that. If he does go through with it, Biden's climate emergency would be worse than useless, accomplishing next to nothing. Proponents act as if we can save the day if Americans just make big enough sacrifices and give enough money and power to the federal government. And that is what we all think. Like, if we just change all this stuff in the U.S. and we're going to do it. The simple fact of the matter is it doesn't matter what we do. Because we're not the biggest polluters out there. And um, as long as China and India keep doing what they're doing, we're just going to end up killing ourselves and they're going to take over the world. That's <laughs> essentially what's going to happen. He I doesn't mean, say that in the article. But it's like four times it's what we're producing. It is a lot. Uh, quote, there's probably nothing more important for our nation and our world than for the United States to drive a bold, energetic transition in its energy economy from fossil fuels to renewable energy. Jeff Merkley recently remarked on the need for Biden to take drastic climate action. Yet, yes, climate change is a global problem and the U.S. Sorry, this say yet. Climate change is a global problem and the U.S. making tremendous sacrifices to lower its CO2 emissions won't make any difference if we're acting without other major emitting countries. So the U.S. emissions stand at about 15% of those of the world and continuing to shrink, shrink rapidly as a percentage even if they remain about steady in absolute terms. In short, the effort to make significant reductions in U.S. carbon emissions is completely pointless. Nothing can be done to make it such that reduction in U.S. carbon emissions can result in a meaningful difference in the overall world picture. Now, this, to me, is a scary thing because we're going to hurt our economy. Europe's going to hurt their economy. Russia, China, India, they're going to keep going like it's the good old 1960s out there doing whatever they want. We're going to be killing all of our production. They're going to have all this cheap energy. Cheap energy is closely related to the development of your economy and how wealthy your nation is. And they're going to be sitting pretty while the rest of us are acting like the world's about to end, you know, confiscating everyone's money to put it into the next solar panel. <laughs> and and China wind and India, turbine. they're just going to be totally fine. 
And so I don't, I don't think that that's a good plan, but I do believe we're doing exactly what some of these other countries would like us to be doing right now. And laughing. Yeah. At us. They, they don't have to do anything. They're just watching <laughs> us destroy ourselves right now. It'd be so easy to stop this whole thing. Like if the government just stopped what they're doing and just let us produce energy, we'd solve like most of the problems we have right now. We get rid of Jerome Powell too. Yeah. Not Jerome Powell. I don't mean that personally. Powell, because he'd just be replaced by someone who could possibly be worse. But to get rid of the Fed, the whole that monetary system that we have, yeah, and easily solvable problems. So this is the other, like this is the comparative analysis we were alluding to earlier. Like, what's like, is getting to zero carbon emissions a good thing? Maybe we don't know for sure. I think it would be great if it didn't affect other things in the process. In fact. We may be headed towards another ice age. Yeah, true. Like, then what? I mean, it's going to be so cold. Like, that's going to be, you know, really tough for those humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> not that we didn't survive the last one, but man, it must have really sucked just to be constantly covered in snow and ice. That would just be um, horrible. That doesn't sound great. I yeah. prefer 105, yeah. I think. I would too. Uh, but anyway, like, the, the comparative analysis is like, okay, let's say. Let's even say that getting to zero carbon emissions is a good thing. Like that's not even up for debate, which it is. But let's just say it's not. <laughs> does it really matter? Like, does that mean that whatever takes place getting there is completely fine? Meaning the the destruction of our entire economy, starvation of millions of people, unbelievable amounts of death. All to save people from dying uh, from heat waves, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, China, now they're, they're, now they're ordering American TVs and living the high life, which is, which I hope they do. I mean, like I want all humans to flourish. I uh, I believe in human flourishing. He quotes someone from Heritage in here, Heritage Foundation, uh, Kevin Diaratna, PhD, who says that if we were to eliminate all of our emissions in the United States... The temperature reductions would be less than 0.2 degrees Celsius, and that's an estimation, of course. But basically, it wouldn't do anything except for, like, kill everyone in the United States, and we wouldn't really change the trajectory that we're on right now. Mm. And uh, a lot of people make this point uh, all the time, but it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what we do. And I do think it'd be great to be zero emissions, but that needs to come about naturally because we found better ways of doing things and didn't destroy our economy in the process. I think that's a worthwhile goal to work towards. But um, we're not there yet, and we're really hurting all the innovation that could get us there. That's why I get excited when I see these things about nuclear power plants being left on and starting new ones and all that. Because these are, this is the answer popping up and i just like it when someone's trying it every once in a while so we can show people you know what's so weird about this whole climate change and and let's say the global cooling or mm. going back into an ice age i was just watching a video of neil De, um neil degrasse tyson neil degrasse tyson he's talking about the last last ice age and how it works like what what happens during when the earth is cool well the the water from the oceans is evaporated into the clouds where rain is created, right? Water. And then, the, but those the clouds move over land and they don't rain because it's too cold. So what does it do? It snows. Well, then that, like, that's what forms glaciers because it's not running down rivers back into the ocean like it does when it's hot. Mm-hmm. Like, because it stays a liquid and then just flows right back into the ocean. Well, it creates these things we call glaciers, which is just... It's not actually ice, and this was him explaining it, not me. I'm not a physicist, astronomist. Okay, that's not me, obviously. Um, I wouldn't fly in one of those things. Anyway, so what? it's basically snow that's just packed on top of each other, and then eventually those glaciers make them way make their way back into the ocean, which is what's happening, by it's, the way. It takes right. a long time, huh? Right, right now, yeah, it moves very slowly. Mm-hmm. But these, yeah, so what happened, and what he was explaining is that well, you know, we all descended from Africa, and then people went to Asia, and then once the Earth got so cool, it uh, the Bering Strait, well, this land appeared, and then people moved their way into North America, whatever, and then like now the oceans are rising because the glacier water is coming back into the ocean where it belongs, by the way, and so you get sea level rise, and then eventually we'll have another global cool, and then we have a lot of snow, and it'll be cold, and then form glaciers again, 
and then they'll slowly make their way back into the oceans. And it seems like there's some kind of cycle. It, it does seem like that just kind of happens, doesn't it? I don't know. Again, now I'm not saying humans aren't contributing to maybe a faster warming period than what the natural Earth would like or or do herself or that they aren't doing that. I don't know. Like, I think it's possible that that could happen, but it doesn't mean we need to kill everyone. This is literally murder everybody so that we can save. Wait, who are we going to save? I don't know. <laughs> if we if we kill everyone, what are we going to do then? Well, I guess that's your white pill for today. <laughs> but also, I also saw where people have been tracking uh, these celebrity jets. Have yeah. you seen this? Oh, we! I we're, almost talked about it on uh, Monday. I think Kylie Jenner yeah. has been taking three-minute flights from one side of LA 17, to the other. Seventeen-minute flight. No, three yeah. minutes. It there's was some, seventeen. There's some that uh, maybe are three. she took three. There's oh, no. some that are three. Literally going from one LA, side of LA to the other. Yeah, and private jets, which by the way produces more carbon in that one flight than like your car does for an entire year. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, you're going along the lines that I was going to make fun of on Monday because the total pollution from the private jets is like 0.0 something percent compared to all the commercial jets. It's clearly more per person when you're taking a private jet, but it equates to basically nothing in relation to any of our emissions. Like it's just something that we can point out and talk bad about. Well, and if so, you compare it to normal, a normal person yeah. driving a well, normal, normal car. A normal person can't fly or or run 80 miles an hour or anything so you know you compare your car to a normal person walking somewhere it's way worse yeah <laughs> you know i only care if kyla jenner also is a climate change activist they are okay. that's the problem so there's the problem yeah is being a hypocrite when it comes to that yeah. now she's someone who doesn't give two shits about climate change doesn't want to do anything about it taking her plane around whatever because it's a little bitty drop in a extremely large bucket when it comes to the emissions uh, but if she is out there pushing for taking away my air conditioning, <laughs> then I'm upset about it. Or banning your plastic straws. Banning my straws. Which is ridiculous. God, you got to read this book, Apocalypse, Apocalypse Never by Michael Schellenberger. It's so good. Okay. Yeah, read it. All I'll right, put it let's on the go. List. All right, y'all, if you enjoyed today's episode, then please hit that like button or plus button, like Nate said. And if you don't like it, well, then don't do any of that. Mm -hmm. All right. And share the show with a friend, a family member, a foe. Go to joingml.com to be part of the live group and then go to God Hates Feds. It's very important. God Hates Feds. F-E-D-S. Dot com, because he does. And get yourself one of them new T-shirts. There's some other merch available. Nate's even got some puzzles up there. For all you puzzle-loving fans. Mm -hmm. And so go to GodHatesFeds.com. Get you some swag if you do all those things. We'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know, uh, uh,